Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter Miller. And today we're going to snowy Winnipeg to talk to Erica Daniels, who's the founder of Kejuk Productions. So Erica, let's start with an land acknowledgement first from your community. Sure, so we're um, situated here on Treaty 1 territory, uh, the homeland of the Anishinaabe Cree, OG Cree, um, Dakota, and the homeland of the Métis Nation. Okay, thank you. And let's start with, where did you go to school? So I actually started my journey through a program called Just TV. So it was um, a program created for at-risk youth who are living in the inner city of Winnipeg. And through that program, I was able to learn music production and video production. And um, I started at the age of 15 when I joined, when I first joined. Um, So I was able to do my own music, write my own songs, write my own stories, and then learn how to use the, you know, video equipment, editing software, and I really um, fell in love with being able to tell our stories and telling my own stories and you know, really being creative in that and using that medium to, to uh, share our voice from an Indigenous perspective. So I really kind of um, you know, took a, as many opportunities as I could to take advantage of um, advancing my skills and you know, getting mentorship along the way and taking different courses. So, I didn't go to post-secondary, but it was all hands-on training and learning from my mentors um, through through that program, and then just you know getting different job opportunities to learn on the job from different from different organizations and you know different industries that brought me in as as a mentee, and that's kind of how I really built on my skills over the years. It was a lot of um, trial and error in different areas as well, but you know I'm grateful that I was able to just sort of be immersed in it and learn as I went and and have those opportunities at a really young age. So, Erica, you are street smart. <laughs> I guess and so, yeah. And street educated. And that, yes. that's, that's as important as having an MBA, so don't, oh, don't yes. be uh, concerned about that. Mm-hmm. So talk about your work experience. When did that start? Yeah, so as mentioned, like through that program, there was many different opportunities that Um, came my way so I've always been the type of person to really take advantage of every single opportunity and explore that to see if it was something that I was interested Um, and so with the skills that I developed through that program just of being able to you know use a camera and how to edit um, I got employed by the city of Winnipeg when I was I believe I was 19 years old and I got a city job um, as a video editor so in that in that placement uh, I was working with the community. So I got to go out to all the different community organizations and make videos highlighting the work that all these communities did, um, all these community centers that were funded by the city of Winnipeg. And so um, that really extended my skills. And also I was able to make connections with my community on, on another level and really create those networks and build that sense of community around me. So I was really grateful for that position. And I was there for about two and a half years. And then I also had opportunities to work in media um, through uh, the Native Communications Incorporated radio station for a number of years. Um, And same thing, was able to produce content for them um, to help promote the radio station. 
and then eventually went on to working with CBC um, on their national Indigenous radio show called Unreserved with Rosanna Deerchild. So that was a great opportunity as well, just to work on a with a national platform and um, create content again, visual content that really drove listeners to um, to listen to the the radio station. And so uh, one of the exciting things that happened through that job was um, a pitch that I that I created called Tuesday Teaching. So um, every other Tuesday, we would have videos of knowledge keepers and elders sharing Indigenous teachings. And one of the one of the videos that we did was about the sacredness of our hair, and that actually um, had four over four million views within four days. So that really went viral, and so people really noticed that there was such a need for that type of content online and to be made available to people um, internationally. Okay, so along the line, you decide to go your own route. Yes. and set up your own company. So where does the name come from? Sure. Yeah, I, I love sharing that story because it's really dear to my heart of um, how that the name Kijit came to us. And so it was actually given gifted by my elder, um, the late Dave Crushane Jr. And he's a very well-known elder for, for the work that he does um, in advocating for, you know, uh, Indigenous Indigenous rights um, and, and the revitalization of Indigenous culture, as well as um, the protection of Mother Earth. And so I've had the opportunity to work with him for about 11 years, just sitting in the lodge and, and using my skills as a videographer to document the knowledge that he was sharing internationally, and as well as the, the, the knowledge keepers of, of Turtle Lodge. And so um, he, he was also a mentor to me and somebody who supported me along my career and I would always go to him for support and advice um, at, at, at you know moments that I was going through these transitions. And so, you know, he knew the work that I was doing, and he really re respected and supported that. And I, I was talking to him about wanting to start my own company, and uh, you know, he told me he's like he's like you need to call it Kijik. And and so I asked him like, what's that mean? And he's like, Kijik, that's the sky because that's what you're doing. You're telling stories, with, and that's, they, they can go as far as the sky. They can go as high as the sky. There's no limits to what, what, what you can share. So that was, it, just, it meant so much to me that I get to carry that name forward, you know, because it came from him, you know, and he's not with us anymore. So I'm just honored that, I was, that he was able to gift us with our name. So that's where the name came from. So according to your website, you do film, mm -hmm. you do video, you do graphic design, you do photography and marketing services. You must have a yeah. team of 50 people. <laughs> well, we have a team of about six people right now. And um, we, like for many years, like I have skills in all different areas, but what we've been noticing is really, our passion is, is visual storytelling. So we've really been kind of focusing on, um, you know, doing doing production and storytelling in that way. So we do offer those other services, but most of our work is really geared towards telling Indigenous stories, whether that's through film or just working with different organizations to help them tell their stories. So you talked about a mentor who has since passed away. Mm -hmm. Did you do a video of him to tell his story? Oh, yes. I've worked with him, like I said, for 11 years. So I've, I've had the opportunity to make many 
short clips and films and, and just collaborate with him to help share his stories and, and not only about the work that he's doing, but just stories of his life. And uh, in 2018, we released our first short film, which is called Run is One, The Journey of the Front Runners. And it's a story that follows um, 10 Indigenous athletes who ran the Pan American Torch in 1967 from uh, Minneapolis to Winnipeg. And when they arrived at the, the stadium for the opening ceremonies, uh, the torch was taken from them after they ran that whole distance and was given to a non-Indigenous runner to sort of bring it in and be honoured. And, you know, they were sort of just sent away to go and watch it from a, a restaurant across the street. So they weren't really honored for, for making that journey. So what we did in the film is we brought them together 50 years later to sort of talk about their journey, but not in a negative way, but just to relive that whole experience. And, and they really were, um, you know, proud of being able to, to, to do that despite, you know, that, that situation. But having them to come together and sharing the, 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 you know, funny stories that they had along the way. Um, and we were able to tell those stories with animation. So that film actually um, was nominated for a Canadian Screen Award in, in 2019 and a Banff World Media Festival Award. So that was one project that I was super honored that I got to work on with, with my elder Dave Crushane. And there's many, many projects that, that I've, I've helped him develop um, recently, even this past year before he, he you know, he left us. Um, we worked on a, a web series called The Seven Sacred Laws, which was released this, um, last year in June. And so that's an online resource that talks, that shares the seven teachings from my elders' perspective. And again, it, it's, it's shared with animation and it's geared towards um, childhood uh, educators and edu um, child kids who are in elementary and junior high. So we really kind of you know, made sure that we were telling it to, to young kids. So it's almost like this, our elders reading a book to them. So that's, um, again, like called Seven Sacred Laws, and it's available online for anybody to access. Terrific. Mm -hmm. So when is your book coming out? <laughs> Not quite yet. <laughs> I enjoy sharing my community stories. Um, it's it's not so much my my personal stories, but I really love being able to share our elders' knowledge um, to make sure that we're carrying it forward. Because again, when we look at colonization, a lot of that stuff was taken away from us. And it's only now and recently that our, our, you know, our communities have been sort of reclaiming and really going back to those original ways of, you know, reclaiming our language, our ceremonies, our songs. And so I just want to be a part of that and use this medium to sort of assist in that um, revitalization and bringing that back. So that's kind of what my goal is using my gift as a storyteller to help bring those things back to, to where they need to be. So Erica, talk about team and partnership. Yeah. So again, like I said, with, with Kijik, we have a really amazing team of indigenous storytellers here. Um, you know, and we, as along, along, along with my mentors who supported me since I was, 15 years old, they're actually still, they actually work for um, Kijik right, right now. So it, it's kind of full circle that the people that really were there with me are kind of walking alongside me now um, in, in, you know, the, the work that we're doing today. So that's so important to us is building up that, that, that team and that mentorship as well, because um, that's, a, that's a big thing for what we do too, is we want to give back and support the next generation of Indigenous storytellers. So we often 
provide um, training opportunities to Indigenous youth, and we run um, a program every Monday and Friday um, through through an agency where we're we're teaching kids who are in foster care, you know, the skills of, of developing their own their own um, videos and different things, just teaching them how to how to make it, how to be able to do it on their own, and how to tell a story. So that's one way that we always want to give back to community and just in regards to partnerships we have many partnerships um, across Canada that you know where we're providing mostly mentorships mentorship opportunities or um, just uh, you know providing support in any way and sort of like guiding people when it comes to um, Indigenous storytelling. That's very exciting. Mm -hmm. So having said that what is it you need to grow your organization nationally? Well, I think the goal for us is really, we want to expand to be able to, to hire more Indigenous storytellers and really uplift the next generation and just continue providing that training. So the, the ideal goal is to have a studio space. Like we're, we're in a small space right now and um, we're lucky. I, w I was very lucky to be able to obtain a, um, a small office on an urban reserve here in Winnipeg. So that's been really beneficial to growing the business. Um, but we're really limited with space. Um, like our office is very small. And, you know, there's three of us that are, are always in the office working three to four of us on a daily basis. And we normally have to outsource for space. So, um, you know, renting studio space. Uh, also with equipment, outsourcing for like larger production equipment that we need. So we would hope to, um, you know, we're, we're trying to get the funding to be able to buy our own equipment and house it in, within Kijik Productions, but also have a larger space where we can actually host different trainings, you know, every, every other night of the, the week for Indigenous youth to come and learn and, and we'd have that equipment available for them and those editing suites available for them. So we do have a big goal and vision that we're working towards to be able to continue to provide that and then you know create those opportunities for them to um, take on projects and work you know with with clients across Canada and then you know eventually internationally because um, we're seeing the need for indigenous storytelling and, and making sure that indigenous storytelling is told by our people because we're the ones with you know, we have that lived experience and that understanding of the culture and, and the identity. And so we're really making sure that when people are coming into the, our communities that they're working and collaborating with us and, you know, not, not doing it for us, but with us and, and including us in every step of the way. So that's kind of what the work we're doing. And we just want to be able to provide and expand and provide those opportunities to, to other Indigenous young people. So three years from today, what's your company going to look like? Well, I actually had uh, the opportunity to work with a business mentor, which was really beneficial to, to or, towards uh, just having like doing some visioning and mapping of what the future looks like. So I was able to look at you know a year to three years to ten years, and so within three years, we we see ourselves in a larger studio having all of our own equipment in-house, all of the, the, you know, the best equipment that we can possibly have, um, production van, a production van, so that, you know, we're, we're able to go wherever we need to with, with, um, with our equipment. And, you know, eventually having a team of at least 10 Indigenous people who are 
you know, working on the ground who are camera operators, editors, writers, directors, producers. I would love to see a fully Indigenous crew working for Kijik Productions. Why not another studio in Vancouver in Toronto? Exactly. I, I mean, for sure. I don't know if that's doable in three years. That would be amazing. Um, but if we could go across Canada, that would be huge. Um, one other thing, too, I would love to see is us being able to provide these opportunities um, you know, across Canada. So going into different communities and bringing you know, our equipment and coming to them like where they might not normally have access to this, this, these, this type of programming and, you know, go to these communities and help them make their own videos and just uplift the young people in these Northern indigenous communities who, who, know, who won't normally have access to this. So that's something else that we would really love to do. One of the terms that we use in our organization is social franchise. Yes. So it's not like a regular franchise. Mm-hmm. It's a social franchise. As yeah. long as the community is willing to give back to the community with what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, exactly. So, so in terms of funding, is it all from your productions or do you have grants or sponsors? Mm-hmm. So currently, I've actually built Kijik from the ground up. Um, I started, when I first began like doing freelance, I started with um, a small DSLR camera and a, and a laptop that my elder actually purchased for me so that I could help document, you know, the stories of um, in our lodge. And I used the, just the smallest camera to start and then gradually from, from gaining business and, and doing the, the videos, I was able to just build upon that and build and build. I've never actually had any outsource funding ever. Um, which is something I'm very proud of, but you know, I now that I'm sort of understanding business now because again, like I didn't get into this to be a business owner or to do business. I did it because I was passionate about telling stories. So I had a lot of learning to do along the way, and so now that I'm understanding the business aspect of of what I'm doing, I'm trying to outsource funding so that we can actually expand now. And so um, there is different uh, resources that I'm looking into. Um, that are available um, from my my band, my um, like from where I'm from, um, they do have trust funds. So we're looking into whatever we can access just to be able to have that support to you know get to the next level. Um, but again, like we're we're just fortunate that um, we we were able to use what we've gained over the years to build to where we are now. But again, I would love to have extra support. Well, I see opportunities. I'm more of a business guy, and uh, so I see opportunities for sponsorship. Mm-hmm. I see opportunities for grants. Yeah. I see opportunities for you running events. I see mm-hmm. opportunities for you training social franchises in yes. Vancouver and Toronto and, and so on. So. Yeah, that would be amazing. That would, that's, that's would be the biggest goal. <laughs> Okay, well, I, I think it's going to happen because your passion oh, comes you. through. Yes, thank you. And that, that what really makes a difference. Mm-hmm. So, Erica, what is the website that people can reach out and learn more about your organization? Yeah, our website is kijikproductions.com, so they can learn more about who we are, a little bit about our story, and also get in touch with, with us on there. We're also on Facebook at Kijik Productions. 
Um, we just joined TikTok as well, and we're trying to keep up, up to date with that as well because that's such a new age of, and way of people communicating. So we want to start putting content on that new platform. Um, you know, Instagram as well as Twitter, we're, we're also on. What about LinkedIn? Oh, LinkedIn as well. Um, well, uh, LinkedIn is my personal um, uh, er- at Erica Daniels. You could find me through there. Oh, you got to set up a company version. I know. <laughs> that would make a big difference. Yeah, for sure. So having said all that, do you have a, a business plan that stretches out two to three years? Yes. Yeah, I've been working with um, a, a colleague of mine uh, and a mentor who's been helping me develop a business plan. So that's something that we're working on. Um, we've been working on, so hopefully that'll be complete in the next few months and or the next month and a half I'm hoping fingers crossed so that we can start using that to to get some some funding and supports oh, I, I think you will just before we finish I, I think you better spell the name of the company because somebody may have trouble understanding for sure yeah so Kijik is k-e-j-i-c productions with an s okay well thank you I like your passion I know you're thank going you. to be uh Canada wide. Oh, thank you. And uh, we hope to uh, hear more about you in the media going forward. So thank you for uh, your time. Yeah, miigwech. Thank you so much.